time for a change. Strap your headphones on and join Chris, Scott, and Sean. Three active-duty police officers in the Chicago suburbs. As they face the tough subjects, including police brutality, racial tension, rioting, and more. Weekly, you'll get tips and tricks on how to keep you and your family safe, what to do during traffic stops, how to handle domestic violence, and more. This This is is a show about about opening a dialogue, accepting that something has to be done, and bringing communities together again. And now your hosts, Chris, Scott, and Sean. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Three Cops Talk. This is one of your hosts, Sean. I'm here again from South Carolina, uh, the first state to break away, you know, to, to create some problems. There's an obvious reason that people down here are into rebellions. Luckily, the rebellion didn't last and uh, we moved on. But then Chris, Uncle Chris, rich Uncle Chris is here with All us. In the background. If you yeah. guys could only like see this, if we it's ever go so nice. to video, yeah. like like it's, a, it's like, but the way it's sitting there, it looks like he's on one of those big presentation screens at like some Microsoft headquarters and it's just like, <laughs> pumped in or filmed in it's like is that real Until, like he gets attacked like, by an alligator or right, something right. <laughs> some storm front is going to come in behind it like like but it's going to be like on the weather channel kind of thing oh my god it's yeah. thunder snow he's got okay. that blue windbreaker on with the drawstring yeah, right, right, with right, his right. he's like kenny from south park with that thing yeah. tied in real tight on his head like <laughs> and he's standing behind an industrial fan and right. <laughs> in a, in a spritzer can um and then obviously you heard him in the background uh big sergeant scott he's coming to us oh illinois still he's yeah. all good uh growing it out growing out the beard these are all things like visually yeah. you can't see listeners but I'm, right. I'm trying to walk you through it um the only thing that's different about me right now is that i'm actually wearing my readers to see what the hell's going on which and you're wearing a hoodie bro like you're a hoodie on a big couch street. yeah bro look out yeah. bro yeah Get off like, my the, lawn. Old, uh, like the old days like the old days <laughs> right you know it's funny this week i was thinking about some things watching what's going on in ukraine and i was thinking about like cultural differences with resiliency and how people like are dealing with it like you know i don't know whether it's just what we're being fed about it you know in social media but it seems like the people of the ukraine are really you know at least initially here are doing what they can to stop the thwart i'm not trying to like make this comedic or anything like that about them slowing the russian army but the reports i'm reading have to deal with a lot of like you know the loss to the russians i mean there's a lot of relative reluctance to that and it just gave me you know like reluctance what i mean like the russian people don't want to do what they're being asked to do and as a country we've been through that before but i I started to think about like some of the things that you see as a police officer and uh, what is to me it was always about resiliency was two things that i saw in people like how they laughed and how they cried you know what i mean and if i saw people that never did that i was like oh they're dying in their 50s easy because they keep it all in kind of a thing and yeah i was thinking about some of the calls and things like that when we were on you know you you work in chicago we worked in the chicagoland area and you come across a lot of different cultures a lot of different people and things along those lines and and just some of the funny differences that you know in this day and age you can't say anything if you're a middle-aged white male about anybody other than making fun of your own um, but I was always like about how culturally people were different and dealt with things like comedically and things like that. And I was thinking, I was watching this interview of this Ukrainian woman that was just like hard as nails and completely pumped about like 
wanting to like take on the Russian hordes. And it was that whole, like, you know, like when they're speaking those, those Slavic type languages, like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, 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 yeah. hey, 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 I'm just That's saying personal, bro. But it's like, yeah, you, like, you just you made can, fun of Chris and you don't even know. Him. <laughs> right. We, we like, may we may talk fast, but we do other shit slow. But anyway, but like when you would go to like these calls, like, you know, there were a lot of the folks that were, you know, still speaking their native language or native tongue. Like you go on these calls with housekeepers and things like that, or people that have worked in that industry. And like, yeah, that's trying true. To, now it's housekeepers. What's right, next? I'm just Tuck saying, pointers? look, uh, all right. Wow. Yeah, because you know, honestly, <laughs> nobody, nobody makes fun of the Irish. We just came up with a holiday <laughs> that everybody celebrates the negative stereotypes of the Irish. Like I got red kinky hair and bad skin <laughs> and I drink my face off and pee in and out. Like, no, nobody. You're the exception. You know, the Irish were dealing with yeah. cultural appropriation and loved it. Like since the dawn of time, you know what I mean? Like, but oh. I was thinking about those folks and like, you could tell through their emotion and the resiliency, like that, despite the language barrier, like the you're trying to do a Polish domestic and you're like, they're going to both beat the crap. You out sound of like me my grandmother point. yelling at <laughs> me. Right, right, exactly. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, like resiliency is, is lost in us in a while. Resiliency always has to do is like people like get this quiet resolve that you go through things and, you know, everybody deals with things differently, but um you know, what are some of the things you guys remember about some cultural resiliency that you saw that maybe Americans could take some lessons from some people? Uh, Scooter, what do you, you and I have been on a lot of calls together. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we have encountered a lot of people, uh, the community where we work, a lot of different people from a, a lot of different walks of life. So you learn some things about people culturally. And yeah, I mean, and, and, and some of the things that, uh, culturally, like on domestics and how people handle family problems is different. So I've, uh, you know, we've learned quite a bit about that over the years. And I think, you know, every time you do one of those and you move on to the next one, you, you have a little something else to add to that, even if you don't fully understand um, their family background and whatever, but yeah, it's, it's definitely opened my eyes to a lot of different cultures and a lot of different issues that people deal with in their families. It used to be the melting plot, and a lot of people think that America is becoming a salad where you could take the individual pieces and separate it apart because the longer we go, people strive for exclusion because they hate this group or angry about those groups. And I always thought, like, we used to be able to laugh when I was a kid about people's cultural differences. I grew up around a lot of Italians, and before we started right. the show, Scott was saying to me, hey, bofongu. Right. We had a guy we worked with. Uh, whatever, I'll just leave his name out of it, but everyone knows who I'm talking about at this point. But you say, hey, Buffongo, Buffongo, you yeah. too, you know, like the Italians, <laughs> like, the, like everybody, has, oh, they're all mobsters, but again, they're great people, they're funny culturally, they do a lot of things that you know. I used to watch them laugh about things that were really kind of horrific, you know, the mob was real when I was growing up, but it was another thing that you know, we don't do that so much anymore, and I, I really do think it helps build resiliency. Chris, how about you, buddy? Uh, 100%. I mean, I just think that, it, I don't know, I mean, going through all the stuff and going through everything I've been through in my life. I mean, if you can't laugh at yourself or you can't laugh at your friends or let your friends make fun of you and, and, and banter back and forth, I personally think that not only builds resilience, I think it builds closeness. I think it builds understanding for each other. And I just think it. Just, I just think by doing, I, I, to me, by laughing at each other and everything, I just think it builds more of a bond. Right. You know, it's, it's, def- it's definitely helped me with all the Norwegian stereotypes that I have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you hate that. Lutefisk, I mean, you're like your ability to, right. you know, deal Lefsa. with like, yeah, and uh, Ufta, Ufta, and, uh, Ufta, 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 Ufta's right, uh, Ufta's deal right. With, uh, deal with what you guys pack your food and lie. I can't imagine why there's not mm-hmm. more Norwegian restaurants out there. You know, oh, yeah, really it's delicious. That. You're, it's like you're eating a dead foot 
You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, what has this been soaking in? It's a lie. Try it. We used yeah, it to I, conquer. You know, I don't think they're known people. for their food, more right. for their uh, pillaging. Raping and pillaging. Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. the Canadians, like it was funny. I was at a class one time. And they're not known you, for anything. If you, well, they, actually they are, they are known for quite hockey. They're no, also known for, uh, uh, Labatt's, which Scott's drinking right now as part of his post-surgery. <laughs> um, it's Canadian healthcare for Scott right there. Canadian um, healthcare, but right. Canadian, the Canadian instructors in law enforcement are some of the best going out there. They're really logical people about law enforcement. And I was at a class one time and it was a Canadian instructor. And the lady said to me, you know how you ask, you know how you get uh, five Canadians out of a hot tub? <laughs> you ask them and they do wait wait that wait that's the punchline hold on oh, but that's where like the canadians are so cerebral and funny well how um, many pollocks does it take to screw in a light bulb no i'm sorry go ahead you see but that's a long line that's what we thought we were going so something so obviously stupid and not funny but that's what i was like oh these people are cerebral canadians out in a boat take off a uh, uh what do they call them uh Blue jean tuxedos, those things, the Canadian tuxedos, like uh, Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> but anyway, we're obviously getting tangential. Now that we've offended, offended most right, of the people just, on, <laughs> in North America, we haven't even spent like what Mexican culture is like, because, you know, it's fun. It is. It really is. A lot of those folks are really making a positive impact on our culture right now that, you know, particularly if you're Irish in the realm of food. But moving right along, um, <laughs> our guest today is a guy that we've known for quite some time. And uh, we went to the academy together with him. His name is Bob Christofferson. He's been a copper at a Western suburban agency in Chicago like us. Um, he has quite a diverse background in experience. I mean, I'm just kind of winging this here from, from what I remember of him. Um, we stayed in contact with him after he left. You know, you go to the academy, some of these conglomerate academies you go to, and people spread out. And we had about six guys in our academy class. So we were a force to contend with, let's say. Seriously. BA0301. Right. Um, and, we, but, and again, we, for those who don't share the, the, can't see the video, we are rocking the sweatshirts. And they're not even tight. Fits. I'm going to tell you that yeah. they're not even like squeezing these guys. Sweatshirts like from the academy class still, still fits. Svelte as they were back in the academy <laughs> days. Um, but the, we it's needed just a, a little more comfortable for my hernia surgery. I don't know if you guys remember this, but we needed a swing vote from a guy. Like we needed, right. like, hey, we wanted to make things happen for academy classes. So these guys who are out, like, <laughs> then one dude from like I think it was called Google County or something like that. One of these guys, the, like, <laughs> right. we just could crush those guys. It's like, dude, I'm sorry, you're from Delaware. You, you could be president of the United States, but you can't really have much power in the House of Representatives or Senate. And we needed, we needed that vote. So Bob was our guy. Right. So okay, we we got we got to start courting this dude, and uh, he was a great friend of ours in there. He has done so many things with the agents that he's worked. He started out in regular patrol, obviously worked his way up. Um, one of the things I remember, uh, they had some real retail, uh, huge retail establishments in the town that he worked in, right off the interstates. And he came and taught us a class about that one time. We were like, Bob's teaching us a class. Man, I remember him like, man, he's he smart. Still- He's super smart. He's super smart. Last him. time I saw Bobby, he's changing the locker room, and it's an image I can't get out of my head. And I'm like, what does this have to do with retail? He was a great this is, sport. This is what you were thinking about during the class? No, I was just saying, isn't it weird that this is how this works? I'm like teaching a class, and I'm like, oh, yeah, i seen that instructor naked. It was like, and it was like, what? What are you talking about? We were in the academy class. Yeah. I mean, weird. how many times can you right. say that? Right. Showers, right. Right. Like football players. Hey, I'm not doing it. I'm completely comfortable in my masculinity right now, but right. I'm just expressing to you like that was how weird these things are. I knew that teacher um, when he was naked. 
But then he went on to be, yeah, right. I knew the teacher was naked, right? Um, <clears> did you put I, that on the eval for the class too when it was done? Uh, put that on the show notes. I've seen the instructor naked. Five. I gave him a five out of five. Uh, uh, five. five uh, highest score you can get. Um, <laughs> But that all being said, he then went on to take on supervision roles, and um, he's now here to talk to us about some things that have to do with resiliency. I think you'll find a story um, of what he's done. It's Although it's not unique, how he's handling it and what we can learn from this in the police world is really great. So, Bob, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to come talk to us. It's always a lot of fun to see you again. So appreciate you being here. I'm happy to yeah, be here, Thanks, guys. brother. This is great. Thanks. Don't so picture if, you naked right now. But you're right. Not, everything's cool. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Sorry if I uh, Bob, can you, uh, I can you turn you. off your Zoom? Can you turn off? He wouldn't be the first one you scared naked, bro. He wouldn't be the first one he's scared naked. He's a good man. He's a good man to put up with this nonsense. Um, but Bob, can you tell? Give us a little synopsis of your background and maybe some of the things I left out, and then we can kind of launch into there as to where we're where we're at now. Ahead, man. Made through the ranks, detectives. Was an attack patrol unit for retail, and then climbed through the ranks, and I'm a night sergeant. So, he's kind of a big deal. Yeah, he's kind of a big no. deal. It's like really, it's like he's a he's a man of brevity. He's a man, a man <laughs> of brevity, which is nice. Um, which I don't remember him that way either. But uh, uh, now, in your personal life, you know, uh, to <clears> me, I, I I I'm probably the resident pro on this show about marriage because I've done it twice. Um, that's the only thing that you can say you're a pro at when you've completely <laughs> screwed it up so many times. And I'm working on a third one, I guess, right now. If you were to talk to my wife, talk to Carrie. Um, but <laughs> tell us a little bit about your marriage and, and things like that and we're, why we're here and what we got to. Yeah, I, I waited late in life. I wanted to grow up before I actually settled down and learn from everybody that had divorces. Sorry, there's Sean. Um, <laughs> I, when I taught that class, he was not picturing me naked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was a bachelor for a while, which was fun. And then uh, I met my wife, Katie, and we've been together seven, married five years. It's been great. And then, uh, yeah, while we're here is, um, yeah, I might as well just go into it. Um, she was 26 weeks pregnant and, um, we got a notice that she had to go to the, deliver her babies immediately or else because Katie was falling apart. She had preeclampsia. Does that really open my eyes up to everything? So and it was twins. It was twins. Right? Yeah, twins. 26 weeks is like, which means it's like, if it's cooking a Turkey, that little thing hasn't popped quite out yet to let you know it's yeah. safe to like kind of consume it. So to kind of put it in the minds of people like myself that don't understand any of that preeclampsia is what? Um, it's a, it, it attacks like your, uh, organs. Yeah. Like she was falling apart. It's, uh, it, her whole entire body was falling off. We, we, we basically just went to a doctor's appointment just for an update. We had two twin girls. We we're excited mm -hmm. for it. Both our first kids. And the doc basically said, um, Call your family and friends. You're having babies in two hours. Or if, if we wouldn't have had the babies, I mean, if we would never went to that doctor's appointment, I would have lost everything possible. But thank God for the doctors and the technology and everything. But Katie was falling apart. So preclampsia does attacks your whole entire body and shuts everything down. Yeah, it's I'll, I'll be honest, it's no joke. I mean, Debbie Debbie got it, but she was much later. Um, and uh, you know, fortunately, but she had it with both with both our, our girls, and and unfortunately, when it when it started attacking her, it was uh, it was later in the pregnancy, and they were like, yeah, it's happening like right now because it's just the 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 flip, like you walk in and all of a sudden they're fine, and then you know they start getting you know little symptoms and stuff, and then all of a sudden yeah. it's just and it's just and then whatever happens Boom. when you yeah it, it it and it hits you hard, but I mean we were lucky, thank God that it was it happened later. Yeah, it goes back to the whole idea we talked about on previous shows, like the joy of childbirth. No, no, 
No, the joy of childbirth <laughs> is like getting the baby. And then you're like, oh, I had the fun part in the beginning. And then I listened to all the complaining and bitching. <laughs> right. and, right. and then the baby's there. And I'm like, cool. I mission accomplished, yeah. right? But when you right. actually witness it firsthand, like I said, I, I firmly believe that men should go back to diners outside of hospitals and hand mm-hmm. out cigars because like right. literally you are so helpless. And you, then, then they right. start educating you on all of the things that can go wrong. And you're like, yeah. Like how do you, what? And then they like emit these hormones that say, oh, I want to do this again. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like taking on a second. I was sitting in the corner with a wet washcloth on my own head when this was right. going exactly. on. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're like, you're peeing a, in a bag. I'm, fu- I'm just hot. <laughs> the nurses on our kids asked me if I was okay. They said, you're a cop, right? Are you, are you okay? Do you need a chair? She's over here pushing a kid out and, we're, and they're asking me if I'm okay. But anyway. Anyway. So, so, so Bob, what happened so next? Yeah. So what happens? So you're at the doctor's office. It's 26. Yeah. Weeks. And so my, uh, we're lucky because, uh, my mom was a labor and delivery nurse for over 40 years. So she knows all the oh, doctors, wow. knows everything. And she's, wow. we were in the right care and yeah, we get admitted and, uh, we spent the first day in the hospital the next morning. It was, yeah, here it comes. So rush to the emergency room or rush to the surgery, surgery center. And I wasn't allowed in there. I had to sit outside and wait while they were doing it it was just that serious they had four doctors in there five six nurses and i just sat in a waiting room i didn't even see my kids be delivered it was a the c-section they did vertical and horizontal incisions on her and they brought two twins out one pound 13 ounces and one pound 14 ounces right to the NICU it was just within 24 hours i was a dad of two one pound girls it was just crazy absolutely crazy right and, and like you're used to seeing, like I said, those butterballs come flying out of them and you're like, yeah, hey, it's good to go. It's like, right. um, you know, the one thing though, Bob, is I, I, I've, you know, thought about like, I was following it on Facebook and, you know, the updates I was getting from Scott as things were going on. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't know what I'd be doing. Like, I mean, I'm not joking now. Like, I'm serious. Like I would be like catatonic through that. You know, they talk about this idea of resiliency and the longer you go in life without yeah. experiencing anything traumatic the harder and harder it is. And like, like I said, I didn't get my life together. I think until I was really about 33 <laughs> and uh, I was like, like two weeks you know, ago. Yeah. Two, like, two, my two 40s, right. 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 <laughs> Did you know you just can't write checks if you don't have the money in your bank? <laughs> I didn't know that. Like I should have gone to Florida where they're now educating high school kids on that. But anyway, you know, the side, and they were your is, starter checks from the bank too. Yeah. They weren't even the real ones. They were like the and, starter and, and, checks and like sometimes get. like when you, you still actually, <laughs> We knew Bob, like we all knew Bob really well. And I was like, it bothered me so much more in the fact that I knew him and I knew what, you know, what his deal was and things like that. And I was like, and then I started reading what was going on with what him and his wife were doing and how they were working their way through it. And if we could get a little bit more into that and like, that was whether you know it or not, Bob, people look to that and say, well, wow, man, this dude's strong. It helps me to be strong as well to think about like the little things I'm bitching about at this point. Like yeah. the fact that my kid, you know, leaves food in his room overnight right. and then wonders where bugs <laughs> no, come you from. Hear, you hear that well, story? Were, were you working you, nights at the time then too? Or were you working nights or what, what shift were you no, working? I was working? I was working day shift. I call work and I'm like, I don't know when I'm coming back. And absolutely, you know, I was always worried about work and missing the guys. And I hated that people got forced in for overtime. But right. my work was absolutely amazing. They're like, go ahead, do your thing. Yeah. And they, they sent the chaplain there the next day. I mean, I didn't want him there in the beginning, but he actually helped out a lot with, Cause he knew where my mind was and he coordinated himself with the family and stuff and worked just like, just let us know. Don't we'll take care of everything. Just we'll check in every other couple of weeks. Do your thing. Work was absolutely amazing. I mean, a lot of these smaller departments and Western departments and people bitch about their departments for stuff. And they were actually, they, they did a great job. A plus in the department for this one. 
That's great to hear. That is good info. Yeah. So, so that take us to the next. So she's in there. She's having a C-section. Yeah. And yeah, C-section. And you're the babies came. Yeah, the babies came out. They went right to the NICU, and I followed the NICU. And the doctors, I mean, he's putting tubes in a one-pound baby like through her belly button. And he's like, "Hey, hey, how's it going?" And I'm like, "How the hell are you even doing this?" Like, I'm looking right. at the guy. Like, how are you putting a tube like that small and that small baby? Like, no big deal. I'm like, you guys, I want to go see my wife. And then Katie took a turn for the worse. She was bleeding a lot. Was rushed to I like like uh, intensive care. So I and me had the baby. There's nothing I could do. They were in you know in the NICU. Nothing I do for him except sit and look at him. I couldn't hold him, couldn't touch yeah. him, couldn't do anything. I just wanted to be around the wife. And she got rushed to the intensive care. Thank God, after one day, she came out. And then it was the uh, ongoing battle of every day. Not really a battle, just yeah. ongoing yeah. struggles of looking at your... So, like, now are you not only dealing with the small babies, but now she's potentially in danger yeah. as well. That's, I mean, I yeah. can't imagine what you were thinking or what was going through your mind at that time. I was just thinking Captain and Coke. Were <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. I need, I need a drink. I need, no I drink. We're not advocating for Captain and Coke or drinking going times of high stress. They're not a sponsor, but, you know, but maybe they will be. No, no sure. I was, right, uh, right. I, I lived at the hospital and it was the next, I spent the night and we had family and friends and I don't even remember half the time, like who reached out, who did what, taking care of my dogs and our dogs at the house and it was every day, just then the next day. Once Katie got out of the intensive care after the after she had the babies, it took her a day to get out. We spent the next, I mean, every day at the, in the NICU just watching the babies grow from uh, sitting in a, in, I don't want to say a cage, but it was, uh, you couldn't touch them. Couldn't just sit yeah, there and watch them. Like a, like a yeah. Bot, like a, at this like point, yeah. At this point, what are the dog, what are the doctors telling you about your daughters? Uh, they're, they're saying that right now everything's good. Um, the first couple of days, then one doctor woke us up at two days later at three in the morning. He's like, uh, something's wrong with well, my first words to him or what the F are you doing in my room? Right. Mm-hmm. It was serious. And one of the daughters had a perforation, meaning her bowel exploded. So they had to do emergency surgery on her. And they said she may or may not make it through the night. So we're doing emergency surgery on a one pound, 14 ounce little girl to mm-hmm. release all the pressure in her bowel. So they had a surgeon from Rush in the city come out and do the surgery and put a tube in to release all her bowel from her belly that exploded. And that was, with us, that was within two and a half days. And I was just like, what the F is going on? Right. Yeah, right. From a high to a low in a heartbeat. Wow. Yeah, I'm listen, yeah, listening she, to this. Yeah. It's like, did anything else that was going on too? Did your house catch on fire? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, did your dogs maim somebody in the neighborhood? Yeah. It's like, but again, this is stuff that people talk about. You know, right. it's the it's the easy days don't make it. It's the tough days yeah. that do. And clearly, <laughs> these are tough days. I mean, right. shit. Yeah. Right. I mean, after once you. I'll tell you, little Harper. Harper made it through that surgery. We didn't know if she was going to make it through or not, and she did. She kicked ass, and after a week of going to the, being living in the hospital, uh, we were finally able to hold both babies. I mean, Katie held Peyton, the other little one, and Peyton was doing good. Breathing was great. She was a little smaller. I mean, imagine a one pound, like eleven or ten ounce girl. How right. tiny that is! One mm-hmm. pound, eleven ounce. I mean, the diapers were the size of a key fob. So, I mean, we were there for every diaper change, but you're, you're sitting in a room looking at monitors and heartbeats and every beep you hear, you're like, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. It, was just, yeah. it was just crazy. Yeah, right, Absolutely right, crazy. Right. right. Completely foreign to you. It's like getting in the car the first yeah. time. You're like, what are all these damn noises and radios and how the hell can you pay attention to this? And yeah. they come in, the staff comes in and they're just like, yeah, it's good to go or whatever. You know, hey, we need to talk to you about something. I used to like the indicator, like you said earlier, Bob was like, 
well, like when uh, like cops are showing up to this call, holy shit, this is a bad call. <laughs> like right. when doctors kept marching in, you know, my oh. ex and I was like, uh, I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. I mean, if people yeah, want right. to see this, it's like a examining theater, you know, uh, minus the, uh, you know, mints getting dropped yeah. from the uh, exam. Well, it was probably it was, nice that your mom, obviously, with her experience, right. was kind of with my mom being there, kind of go through things or yeah. maybe explain after, things or whatever. After we had the babies, one of the doctors who worked with my mom, all the surgeons they work with my mom, they're like, "Hey, can we talk to your mom?" I'm like, "Yeah, give it, give all your your big doctor terms to my mom so she could dumb it down for me." You know, right? Tell her what all these words like you're right, right. And she's gonna put in English for me that I understand. So every time a doctor came in, I full out go tell my mom what's happening, and she'll tell me because she put it down in our terms, which helped out tremendously. And the trust value is basically a family at the hospital. It was good. Well, and Katie was improving, obviously, too, right from the surgery. So she was she Katie was getting improved, better, which was good. It took about I don't know, maybe a week to get back up walking again, yeah. and uh, yeah, everything was great. After I think we were there for about a week, a week before she got released from the hospital. But once we were released, we were there every day, all day. I mean, she left, or I left, or we had left her car there. We just drove together because I was off of work, obviously. But we were there every day. I mean, the first eight days were rough, but then it just went downhill from there. So everything's going okay for, for not okay, but you know Harper and Harper's yeah. going good. Everything's okay, and then you know you're Harper's kid. there. You're 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 I mean you're nervous and and you, you know because you're you know your baby's in, in intensive care and NICU or whatever, and then so after eight days, what kind of starts happening? Yeah, the seventh day we got to hold both babies skin to skin, which is amazing. They even look like I'm holding a baby. Look like I'm holding a tiny little ball. Yeah, skin to skin is big in the NICU. And the wife finally posted on Facebook and we got all like five, 600 likes. It was great. And then the next day, one of our Peyton's belly was looking big and we had no clue what was going on. We're like, maybe it's another perf like Harper had where the bottle exploded and it's in her belly and she needed to get released. But we didn't know what was going on. And we dealt with that for several days before we got a call from the doctors like, like hey, we're doing an emergency perf line on Peyton. We don't know if she's going to make it. You guys got to get to the hospital. It was like nine in the morning. And so here we are, bawling our eyes out, driving to the hospital, hoping, Peace. you know, hoping she pulls through. And this is at about how many days now at this point? Um, two weeks. Twelve days. Oh, okay. so twelve days. Weeks, yeah. Yeah. Twelve days into it, and on the way to the hospital, we finally get the call that hey, she made it through. Everything was great. She released a ton of bowel fluid, and her numbers are up, and it's going good. And Harper's still doing great. Harper's kicking butt. The perf line she had in her belly came out, and she's growing strong. So now they both had surgeries at this point. Both know, had surgeries. Which is crazy point. talking about you know babies that are. Well, that actually, small. all three of them going through have had major yeah. surgery yeah. at this right. point. Right. Everything yeah. that's near and dear to you has been under the knife in areas that you know one little thing here or there. You know we can rag on the people in the medical profession quite a bit, like everybody does on us. But when you finally get down there and you see the humanity associated with what they do and how important it is at that time and the stress that they must deal with. Like yeah. you're on a call, you're watching a guy dealing with his brother or something like that. And he's freaking out. Now imagine being, that's your job all day. Babies are being born. It's a high stress time. It's a high pressure time. And, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I can't imagine, Bob, it's like, and, no way. And reading, read, you know, we read people, right. We read people on our jobs. We can go to a call and we can look at him like, God, oh, this guy's full of shit. I know what's going right. on. So when the doctors would tell <clears> us stuff, I would know in the back of my head, I wouldn't tell the wife or anything like, oh, this doctor is giving us a show right now because he has to. He doesn't want to say what's really happening, which I'm always thinking of the negative. Right. It was it was, right. bad. Mm-hmm. it was rough. It was rough yeah. going there. And yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to tell the wife. Wife's always positive. But me knowing, just being a police officer, we know bad shit happens. And I could totally read the bullshit right through some of these doctors. 
So yeah. that had to be even worse from you knowing, and then you can't, you're like, and you're like, yep. you know, that they, this is going to go bad. And there's no reason to tell, there's no reason to tell my wife because, you know, and then that's one of the things I think people, you know, have to understand too, you know, that, you know, we know, you know, we just have to, you know, we feel this in our gut and we see it and we do this every day. And, and, and then, and now you're making it more personal that you have to hide what you feel from the person you probably love the most and, you know, knowing, you know, knowing some negative stuff. I mean, that, that just, that, that tears you apart. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it did. I mean, and day after day after day, I mean, the doctors and the doctors were all friends with my mom. So that we were like family to them. And I know it killed them not being able to, you know, as the longer we went in the NICU with, so I'll move forward a little bit. Peyton continued to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was just, her body was swelling and her, saturation levels were going low her lungs collapsed and they had to reopen her up and reposition her i mean it was just every day there was something different and we would call and get checkups all night long if we i'm like i will always tell the wife hey we gotta go home you need some sleep we need to sleep we need to hydrate we need to do this mm-hmm. and we go home and then we call the nurses everything we pray that hey hopefully something's good we're gonna get good level or good you know our saturation levels are good or her lungs are better and her, her lungs were filled with air hopefully the air got released and that just wasn't the case. I mean, I don't even know how you're even sleeping at this point. No, honestly. there's no you're, way. You're, you're, right. You're, 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 you're anxious if you're there. You're anxious if you're home. I, I don't even know how you're even sleeping or eating or anything at that point. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I mean, it was it was rough, but obviously family and friends. And, like, we took daily notes of who was there, what the doctor said, what the updates were, just for peace of mind and for, like, a group message. Hey, because everybody constantly asks, and we just, boom, boom, send it out. And. It's, I'm glad we did it because I can look back now. I'm like, oh my God, this is what happened this day. This is what happened the next day. Wow, this is who came and visited. I don't even remember them being there. Yeah, yeah the ability to chronicle that too is also <clears throat> like huge for moving forward and you know, helping other people in this process too. I mean, like I said, it's not unique to you, but in the same sense, some of the things that you were telling us, I was like, that's very unique to be able to have that wherewithal to kind of work through that. Now, from that, Bob, did you feel that you did that strictly from the work or is that just... What helped you cope? I mean, what, what's your um, thoughts on that? I don't know. Work, actually being a police officer helped me a lot because we see bad shit, you know, car accidents, shootings, you know, suicide. You, you name it, we see it. And we always have to stay together for the families. So that just, it just, I don't know, I internalized it and held it in as much as I could before I actually had to release it. I mean, we've all done it. We've all seen everything, you know, and we don't want to... Ooh, that sucks. Like we would yeah, never right, say yeah. that. Right, right, you know? right. Yeah. So right. now, now we're into what, like week three then? Is this um, week three or four? Day what? Yeah. We, week three, we've got meetings with doctors. We get the phone call like, Hey, the doctors want to meet with you. That's never good. Right. Right. You go in there, you got the doctors and you got, uh, they have a chaplain staff there with you and you got the head of the nurses there with you. And obviously the nurses that, were Peyton and Harper's caretaker every day, just with us every time. And they came because they wanted to be there. Their other days off, they're coming in to be with us. We just formed a great bond. And Harper doesn't look good. Be prepared. I mean, how do you get that? Yeah, your daughter doesn't look good. Be right. prepared for like, yeah. I just want to jump across the guy and just beat the living shit out of it. Honestly, that's what I wanted to do. Like, right. do something. It's 2019. You got the medication, you got the technology. Like, this should not be happening. Right. And it was. Peyton was just, I mean, she was beautiful. Lungs were beautiful. A ventilator. And she was, uh, she was on a different ventilator to help her lungs 
get exposed and get the air out, which was, they did everything they can. She was on a paralytic to stop her from moving, to screw the lungs, to fix the lungs. And she was getting swelled so much. Her belly was getting so big that they couldn't hold an IV and all the IVs kept popping out. And in the meantime, every day the wife read to her, she sang to her, she read books on uh, uh, like a video or a recorder and had the nurses play for her at night. She held her hand. I mean, and I'm just sitting there like this is, and the well, meantime, Harper's kicking ass. Harper's getting bigger. Right. We're changing diapers now. She's pooping. We're all excited. Yeah, yeah. Right. And she's growing. I mean, it's it's just, it, it is frustrating. And you're here talking about like the things that he's positive about, like kids pooping and things like that. I was, I was like, God, yeah. that stuff's under my fingernails and I'm right. hating it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. and I don't know what I'm doing. He just yeah. peed on me. You know what I mean? Right. Kind of thing, you know what I mean? And then Bob can take, you know, this, this is perspective, folks. What he's talking about is like yeah. these things that you find troubling are now so much joy to other people. Step out of your own world a little bit. It's just a lesson here. Listening to him talk is that like, I was like, I used to remember like, I got to change a diaper. I hate that shit. And he's like, I'm yeah. loving the fact that I'm changing a diaper. Right. And it's all just a matter of perspective and what you've seen. And and then the privilege that I had versus some other people. Right. Yeah. Well, and that was probably, I mean, for Katie, <clears throat> probably helped her with the doing those things, reading the books and, you know, just that kind of stuff, I'm sure was probably helping her along the way too. I mean, she's struggling with this just as bad as you are and trying to recover from a surgery where she could have potentially died on top of it. I mean, you guys, I, I mean, it had to have been the longest three weeks of your life. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah. She, she was, she's a trooper. I mean, she's the most resilient woman that I've ever met or been around in my entire life. What she's been through and what she's experienced and seen. And prior to having babies years ago, she had brain surgery, had to relearn how to walk, talk, all that fun stuff. I mean, so her going through this, I mean, I, I don't know how she does it. She was amazing. She absolutely is amazing for what we went through. I mean, I think it probably goes back to the idea of resiliency and the fact that she yeah. had experienced some significant hardship and, and she yeah. kind of could put it all in perspective. And like I said earlier, like the, the longer you go in life without experiencing hardship, and I think that's a thing about America right now, people are not experiencing real hardship and they don't really know how to cope with it. And here's a great example of a human being that took a police officer and taught him how to be resilient and listening to the story taught us how to be more resilient about things. So hats off to her, man. I'd love to meet her someday. That's for sure. That, that'd mm. be great. For sure. Yeah. She's an Irish woman loves to drink. So there oh, you go. God. There you go. <laughs> Steam power, coal awesome. power, Irish power. There you right. go. There right. you go. <laughs> Built America. <laughs> anyway. Oh man. So how did, so how did it, yeah. How did it end up, Bob, on that All one? All right. So I can, I mean, obviously I got notes, days of what went, what the doctor said, but so we had another meeting with the doctors and after 37 days, they're like, there was nothing they can do for her. She was just, basically she was on life support. Everything was swollen shut. She got the disease. It's called neck. I mean, if you know what her neck is, it's uh, a serious gastro problem that affects the premature babies. Inflating the intestine and causing it to die. So she had dead intestine inside of her, and that was just infecting her whole entire body. And it basically wound up, we had to make the decision. So we had an emergency baptism for her. The, uh, I'm going to say, me and Courtney, they were amazing nurses. They shut the NICU down and asked all the families if they wouldn't come in for an hour. And we had all the family, because you're allowed two visitors, actually, one visitor if you have one baby, two visitors if you have two babies at a time. So we shut the NICU down. We had like, 20 or 30 family and friends. We had a priest come in and we baptized and we put them in the same uh, little incubator same little incubator together. Right. And they actually held each other. It was weird. They grabbed each other's hands. There wasn't a dry eye in the, 
Um, oh that was absolutely amazing. And then after that, we moved into the hospital. We stayed in the hospital for a week after this. And then um, probably less than, a, yeah, about a week later, we had to make the decision. It's an hour, you know, there's, she's not improving and there's nothing more the hospital can do. They came to get an IV in her. Yeah. So we decided, you know what, we're going to do it on our terms. And uh, we had our family and friends there and they sat and watched my wife hold Peyton as she passed away. And we were bawling her eyes out. I mean, all yeah. in front of our family and friends. And then wow. after she passed, we went to a room and everybody got to hold her and squeeze her. And, you know, it was, it was tough. Here you are thinking, you know, I'm this big, strong, badass cop. I can fuck anybody up. I don't care what they come, you know. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> and then, and this happens, you're like, how the fuck can I fix this? Because we're cops. We fix things, right? right, we're, right, right we're called to right. do it. There's nothing I could do. Nothing I could do. Or to help Katie, to help Peyton. And it just frustrates me that you can't fix a problem. Because that's, right. our, that's our nature. That's what we do. Yeah. 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 But then you got to, I mean, but I, I think as cops, we have to figure out how to fix it the best we could. And there's nothing you can yeah. do to fix that. But you've got you've to gotta switch gears and say, hey, listen, I've got to be here for you know, my other daughter and my wife, and, you know, we gotta, you know, I gotta be the, I gotta be the foundation for this to, to move on through because there's no way I, I dude, I, there's no way I could sit there and watch my daughter pass and then just, and then move on. It did. You'd have to, it would take everything in me, every ounce, every, everything. It would take everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, it was rough. I mean, I forgot to mention, I went back to work for like four or five days during while they're in the hospital. And then I'm, oh, I'm at work. I'm trying to train a new guy. I'm like, I, what am I doing? Cause I'm like, I don't yeah, know. There's no way you can, I felt, you're, you're trying to train people. You can't focus. That is all right. that's, that is all that's in your head is what's going on I, with that. I felt bad for guys getting forced into stuff. I'm like, you know what? I can't do this. So obviously I went back and then after Peyton passes, we decided we're going to have a, you know what? We're having a badass wake for her. You know, she was cremated and we had a, they did a autopsy and obviously the autopsy result comes back and it says removal of life support. And my wife freaked out when she saw that, but obviously oh I know that's what they had to say. Right, right. But it's because of neck. And I mean, the autopsy didn't come back for several months, like a month later, because we held it because the nurses were on vacation and we wanted them to be part of it because they wanted wow. to be there. So we held it. We wanted them to be part of it because they That's turned cool. out their, their family now. So we had a badass wake for her, a celebration. We had bagpipers and everything at this wake. I mean, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Awesome. That is great. Yeah. So then yeah, after that, how do you, how do you do, how, how did you go day to day and how do you continue to go day to day? That's, that's. Yeah. So. It was, it was tough. I mean, going back to the same room where you had two babies and now you have one babies, um, one baby, they moved Harper from where she was sitting at to another section of the room, a private room for us. I, re- I actually requested it. And actually my mom made a phone call to request it. And it was tough. I mean, knowing that you're going to the hospital to see your girls and not only have one girl, it was tough, but you know, we made the most of it. We, they had these little, little blankies that Peyton had. We put all those in Harper's ink, like little, incubator and then we just watched and prayed for harper and she continued to grow i mean it was it was awesome to see her grow just every day was there every day was just absolutely amazing seeing her where she went how her struggles were when oh they removed a breathing tube oh they removed this tube this is great now she's only on this i mean we just look forward to the day we can take her home yeah and it's it's got to be hard because like you said she's doing great she's improving but that's still in the back of your head the loss that you suffered there too. You know what I mean? So I, I, you're juggling that. I'm sure thinking about, thank God she's doing well, but Oh my God, we're still trying to deal with the loss that we have going on here. And, you know, props to those, those nurses and the staff there. I mean, uh, my son was in the NICU, not anywhere near what you experienced, but was in the NICU briefly when he was 
firstborn for about five days. And that having to go home, leaving that child there, I mean, it's, 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 it's terrible. I don't wish that on anybody. And Mm-mm. it was brief for us, but for you, oh my God. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable what you guys went through. So it was, Peyton was alive for 37 days. And after the 72nd day was, uh, was awesome. I mean, 72nd, 73rd day, actually, we're in the hospital for 72 days. The 73rd day is when we got to take uh, Harper home. I mean, there was trials and tribulations of all the ups and downs he went through losing Peyton, you know, and before I never went out and bought like two cribs. Hey, we're having twins stock up on this stock up with that. I never did. I was always on the back of my head just saying, all right, make sure everything's Maybe it's the Polish in me. They can sleep together. They're small. I'm on Facebook. Right, right. Yeah, wait, I'm on <laughs> Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Right, right. But, wow. So, yeah. And I'm, you know what? I'm glad I didn't because it was just, we brought one baby home instead of two and go into a room with two cribs. I oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh-uh. So, bringing, 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 bringing Harper home was the best. There wasn't a dry eye. Big party at the house. I mean, it, it was just. It was just surreal knowing from I bring this one pound, 14 ounce little girl in the world. And now I'm bringing this. She's a little over five pounds. Now I'm bringing, bringing her home. It, it was the best feeling ever. Best feeling ever. And not having to drive to the hospital again. That was even better. Or stay yeah, right, there. right. For sure. Now and you she's said doing to awesome us, now we see her yeah. all the time. She's Great. doing awesome now. Oh, she's kicking Great ass. Pictures Harper's kicking of her ass. all the times. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's kicking ass. She's almost three now. She does therapy a couple times a week. Just speed. She get her speech up to catch up. She's a little underdeveloped, but she's the doc says by the time she's four years old, nothing's gonna be happening. Just trying to speed her up a little bit, and you would never know being around her. You would never know. She's got a couple scars from the tubes and stuff in her, but ah, that's okay. Right. She's yeah. Well, and you, and you guys do a lot of nice stuff to remember Peyton too, oh, which Peyton. is important. You know what I mean? I know you guys do a lot of different things, and you recognize a lot of special days and and things like that, which is nice and i'm sure probably helps a little bit at a time with you know working through that because it's i mean we do peyton day every year the year she passed we do peyton day i mean we both take off of work we celebrate it i mean obviously we cry the big bad cop cries yes i cry ladies and gentlemen it's okay yeah. it's good for you and, man uh, it's good great so i'm crying in the academy too through. but it was totally different <laughs> right that was pepper spray it was only because that was pepper that spray, was pepper spray. Was i got something crying. in my eye yeah, yeah. Sean yeah. cried when he saw you naked, but that's okay. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> well. <laughs> Kilbasa, yeah. Kilbasa. You know, no, another right. problem with being Irish. You know, it's All okay. Right. Bangers no, it's, and mash is what I it's got. Stamina. It's stamina. It's anyway, stamina for anyway. people. <laughs> Come on, now let's go. Get back on. You know, I, I, co- I coordinate in the work a lot, where people at there's cops all over several different departments that all throughout the world that bitch, all this, I got skipped for promotion or I got this and I got that. Yeah. It sucks. I've been skipped too. It sucks. But you put things in perspective, like who gives a shit, right? Who gives a shit? When you look at reality and what really matters and getting through stuff, like that shit really doesn't matter. What matters is obviously what you went through and your family and your friends. And that helps you get through stuff that matters. Like the other shit, who cares? So what? I got discipline. Big deal. Move on. Yeah, right, well, right. I'll tell you what, you know, you're, you're talking about writing a book for, you know, helping people. If you help one person, I'll tell you, watching your story. And, uh, you know, I really, I never really responded to the, the Facebook stuff and everything. Cause I mean, I don't know. How, how, what do you say? I mean, seriously, what, yeah. what, what do you say? What do you, what do you do? But I'll tell you what, you know, going through that and, you know, when my daughter would leave her toys or do something and I had to say something to her, you know, one of the things you would just, I would think the back of my head, I'm like, I have somebody I could yell at. 
Yeah. I have somebody I could tell to do shit to. There's no I mean, way you know could. Well, and, you're and right. You do a lot of. You've done a lot of like speaking. You're not a lot, but you've done some speaking engagements, right? To talking about it to some different groups and things. Yeah, we spoke to uh, uh, our chaplain. He owns 1041. He has me. He asked me if I want to speak, and I've spoken a couple of things. And he wanted to get a bigger audience. I spoke in a two hundred fifty women female group, and I had Harper there, brought Katie and Harper on there. A few pictures of it. Show pictures of it, and it's just tough when never people never seen a pictures of. You know, when Peyton was their biggest, it's like, oh my goodness. You right. know, the, the picture I show is they're both in a in an incubator in the back of them and they're holding hands. And you just instantly did it. It was absolutely that's a picture we show and then I bring maybe a little smaller than a key fob. I mean, that puts things into perspective how small it was. You know, I've spoken that and I've spoken a couple uh, law enforcement training classes as well where you know, resiliency, moving forward, getting through life. How do we cope and how do we move on? I mean, you never really, really move on. It's always going to be there. You just embrace what you, what happened to you and you look, just get through it. And you I think it would, and I think that also helps you embrace what you have too. Yeah. You know, cause I think That's just, what, just as people, you know, or me anyway, I, I know I invented the concept of wanting more and doing more and getting more yeah. and obtaining more. And that kind of puts it in perspective is that you just, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you just got to say, thank you for what I have. If I get more, great, I'll work hard at it. But if it doesn't come, thanks for what I got. You're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's a shitty situation. And unfortunately, it happened to my wife and I, but you know what? It's made us stronger for it. And now we have a little guardian angel looking over at, looking over us, looking over Harper every day of the week. I mean, it's, it is, we have uh, yeah. Peyton Dash right. is in Harper's right. room looking over her. Uh, and you've added more kids well one more yeah Yeah. we've added we've added a little Mackenzie. she's one years old (laughs) nothing was wrong everything was great a great pregnancy i mean it was it was just it was nervous i didn't know if we wanted to do it or not we had to wait for katie to to heal and katie's counselor she's counseling once a week for the past three years because of this and her counselor is her best friend and without her seeking help or going counseling i don't think we probably we'd be i'd be where i was at today without her like we wouldn't be together Right. It was just right. such a traumatic right. experience and it's her counselor did, did amazing work and now she's family. And uh yeah, Kenzie's one years old, kicking butt, annoying Harper. It's it's awesome. Good old Mackenzie. Well, I'm sure you probably had I'm sure there was a lot of discussion about that going into going down that road again, yeah. knowing what you guys experienced, like pins and needles. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. we want to do this, but oh my gosh, you know, it's only been a few years since we had this experience a couple of years since you had that experience. So I'm sure there's pins and needles. Pins and needles to the twenty-six week. Once we passed twenty-six yeah. weeks, that there was ever was sailing. Did they say sailing. anything? Did they say anything that she had? Yeah. She did she need to be concerned because of what was going on with that? Did they give her any warnings ahead of time no. on the next go around or no? Everything was okay. Nothing. Yeah. They said they said you're good to go with everything. And you know the previous go, we were at a specialist two weeks. Every two weeks you're going to specialist. Yeah. Every specialist. Yeah. This one was no, you're good to go. Your body's healed. Everything's great. Test came back perfect. It just. It just happened the other time. This time was no, oh, it's good. Everything is good. And after once we got past twenty six weeks, I think the mentality was all right, man. We made it. Right, Go right, on. right. So one of the themes you can you can hear from this with you know, for our listeners is like he repeatedly Bob's repeatedly said things about now people more people are family to him. More people, he you know it you know it, 
it kind of illustrates the idea that going through it alone, the idea you stay in Island, this is what cops do to themselves. Like I'm the only person that's experiencing this. I'm the only person yeah. that's dealing with this tragedy and trauma. And what Bob has illustrated excellent that him, and his wife went through there. Somebody he, he mentions that nurses, their family, the chaplain's family, the, the, the police folks that stepped up for him and, and the counselor is now part of what he considers family. And that's the idea of like getting through some of these things. So uh, one thing real quick, Bob, if you could, you talked a little bit about the idea of a book and how you went about that. Like, like people talk about journaling. I always hear journaling. I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's like write your stuff down. I, I do a to-do list every day and people look at me like I'm a joke. I guess it's a, an amateur's version of, you know, maybe, uh, you know, journaling, like did that help you make sense of this? Because I'm telling you, I think a lot of people would want to read this or would want, definitely want to hear more about it. Yeah, it, it really did. I mean, cause obviously family wants updates. There's only so many people that, you know, came to the hospital to visit, visit us that were allowed in and, just updating everybody got, I mean, that was, it would take us hours to do, think about what to write. How do I say it? And I'm like, you know what? We're just documenting it. And I'm going to send our group text every day to everybody or group email. And that's what we did uh, all the way until Peyton passed. Once Peyton passed, like, you know what? I'm done. Let's just focus on Harper now because we were so concerned about what the doctors were saying. What's, you know, so we had questions to ask the doctor. We got to go back. Let me look at the journal. What did I write down? I mean, and it helped us get through every day too. And I'm glad we did it. I'm really glad we did it. Well, I got, I got, there's a ton of people that would want to read that. I can Oh yeah. That. Yeah. I was going to say, no or, 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 you know, are you, you, you say you spoke with some groups, you did some things like that. Do you make yourself available to people? Um, like yeah. is it like peer support type thing, or do you actually don't mind people, anybody reaching out to you? Anybody reach out to me. I mean, peer support, we just started peer support at our police department. Um, but through our ch the chaplain program, he's had me talk several different groups. And he reaches out to me when there's a presentation, asks if I wanted to speak. I mean, I haven't, I've been bad on just developing something on my own. I'm currently in the process of doing that and trying to get a book together because it's taken, I mean, when I print stuff, when I read the notes, I mean, obviously I get choked up on it because I haven't really read it that much as I should. And mm -hmm. once I read it up, I'm like, wow, that really happened. Or, oh my God, this person came to visit me. Like, oh my God, this really did happen on this day. And I look back at the nurses too, how much the nurses were involved with us every single day. And you look at us, like, obviously we see suicides and we see death and stuff. Just imagine what these nurses feel. It's yeah, their it's job crazy. to keep a, the stuff that they it's their job to keep a baby alive when a baby's struggling. Like it's, it's a baby, like it's a human being and it's your job. And I just don't know how they do it, right. how they move forward. You know, it's we can help them by not writing them tickets if we ever see them speeding. Or anything <laughs> like that. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm never going to do it again. Well, never. That. Yeah, no, you're you're 100 right, 100 right on that. But the book, I will be writing a book. I just haven't. I got with uh, some publishing companies, and I just haven't done it yet. It, it's in the process, and it's going to be an emotional experience. But I think it needs to get out there. It really needs right. to get out there because if it helps you get through it, helps people get through it. People realize, you know what. Life isn't all that bad. Shit does happen. And this really happened to someone and he's supposed to be badass protector and it, it happened. Well, and well, even to chronicle it, um, you know. And dude, when you listen, when you get that done down the road, you know what I mean? Like when she's older someday to know what you guys experienced and, and the connection that she had, you know, early on. I mean, I think that'll probably be something important for her in her life too, down the road, I'm sure at some point. Yeah. That's, that's listen, what we're hoping as well, too. When you get this together, you know, if you need any help, call me because I know people. 
Um, but I'm serious. You, I got people. I got. People. I got people. I got people. But I got news yeah. for you. I got people that will. I got people that will advertise and knock the shit out of that thing, and I'll handle. Awesome. I'll handle it. I'll take care of the cost, and that it's. Awesome. I, I just think that this it that this is terrific, and uh, I think it will help a ton of people. And you know whatever whatever you need from that one, I got I got people that'll take care of that for you. Just let us know right away. Yeah, thank you. And uh, obviously, I'm going to put pictures in it. I mean, talking about it helps me get through it, too. There's not yeah, a day that we don't think yep. about Peyton. There's not right. a day that, you know, we don't see something. You know, we see a car and I'm like, oh, Peyton came to visit, right? And right. Uh, the pictures, we go back and we look at pictures and, you know, we're, 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 we're glad Peyton came in her life. Like Katie said, she held her. She sang to her. Right. You know, she held her hand. She changed her diaper. I mean, it's she did everything to her, and we're glad we got to know her for the short. Yeah, even if it was just for that short time, at least you were able to have some of that connection. Yeah, Uh, it's you know gave gave you something to help you through that for sure. Right, and I'm thankful that we have Harper. I mean, in the beginning, we thought Harper was because we were told two days after Harper may not make it through surgery. So we were, oh my god, not Harper now. It's Peyton. It was it was just obviously it's a roller coaster of emotions that not everybody goes through, and. It's, it's honestly be, being a police officer helped me get through all of this. It really yeah, did for sure. Yeah, it's great to hear. Well, I'll tell you what, Sean usually starts winding down, and but I'm going to have to jump on this. So because I'm going to tell you right now, it, 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 I don't care if you listen to one show or 15 shows or whatever. You, you, you have to take the show and you have to download it and save it because if you ever think you're having a shitty day, right? All you got to do is pay the last 15 minutes. Right. And if you start crying too much while you're driving and listening to this, pull, pull up over. to the side of the damn road pull so you over. don't get one of us right. run over either. Right. But right. Dude, seriously, because I'm like trying to keep my shit together listening right. to him talk. 100%. Like, Great, Bob. I mean, thank you for the perspective. 100%. Thank you no so problem. much for your Anytime. perspective. And, uh, Anytime. Uh, and God bless. I'm glad hope to, to you know, you back. I hope to have you back. And when this is all, when you get that book done or whatever, if you need a publisher, um, whatever you need, just give me, you know, you got my email phone number, give me a holler. I'll probably be retired. So if you need somebody to go with you, like on a book tour or something, I'll go with you. <laughs> Scott will be, Scott will be, your, be your driver. driver. He'll be your driver. driver. <laughs> arm driver. He'll be your arm driver. But he's going to be Barnes and Noble. Hey, folks, back up, back right. up, right. folks, right. back yeah. up. Make you, but Scott will All make right. you wear those booties on your shoes. So you don't tear up his upholstery and stuff like that. <laughs> right. uh, I need to fire uh, this guy. <laughs> So anyway. any, everybody, so if uh, you have any questions, you can email us at three cops, talk at gmail.com, go to the website, go to the website uh, and email us at three cops, talk at gmail.com. And uh, Bob, if you have a, um, maybe an email or something, if people want to reach out and talk about what's going on in their lives or whatever, help them out. Do you want to give that out? Yeah, I'll give uh, my personal email. It's Bobby C 76 at comcast.net. Feel free to reach out. All right. Thank you guys so much. And, uh, you know, again, if you ever think you're having a bad day or whatever, you think, you know, the world's collapsing on you, nothing, nothing could be as bad as this is losing a child. Um, and so please re-, re listen to this and, and, and let, let everybody know. Thanks guys.